Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Philly Pod. A Philadelphia sports podcast. I know it's been a little bit since you've heard this trio of voices on this show but uh it was time it was time because believe it or not the eagles are playoff bound potentially potentially division bound in the hunt in the hunt you never know these days thank you guys stranger for tuning things in. have happened i know i know nine six and one we've all been there 2008 deshaun's rookie year Stephen, how old were you for that Deshaun's rookie year, I was in, I can't remember my age. I would have been in like fourth grade or fifth grade. You were like nine. Jesus. Gen Z So, Yeah, I was 10. (laughs) Damn. Lord, I'm getting old. Turn 28 next week. Can't believe it. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to this new episode of the Philly Pod. I know it's been a little bit, but we're back to recap everything that has happened. I think the last episode... I think Steve and I came on here and talked about the Ertz trade. Was it the Ertz trade? It was It was a while oh, ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, it might have yeah. been a little minute, but we're back now to break down everything that's been going on. If you're new, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you are back and have been a faithful follower and wondering where we are, <laughs> we do appreciate you guys <laughs> for coming and uh, tuning into the show. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to leave those reviews, rate five stars, as you guys know by now, all those ratings. Uh, do bring new eyes and ears to the show, so be sure to do that for us. Tell a friend, uh, tell your parents, tell anybody <laughs> that's an Eagles fan uh, that wants to relate to our pain and, and lately our joy as the Eagles, after starting two and five, have now won three of their last four games, currently sitting at five and six. And as Steven said, on the bubble, in the hunt for a playoff spot. Before we dive too deep uh, into everything that's going on, be sure to go ahead and download the Park Sportsbook app. Sign up with promo code. Liberty Line to get a risk-free bet up to $500. The bet of the week, the hot one, has been the Eagles at plus 800 odds to win the division. Hmm. I threw a few bucks on it myself. I'm sure Jordan's degenerate self has already done so. so Definitely. <laughs> so be sure to, uh, to go ahead, help out Liberty Line, deposit $25, get your first bet risk-free up to uh, $500 for our partners over at Parks, Sportsbook, and Casino. Can't thank them enough. Steven, I guess before we get into analytics and stats and breaking down everything, just a general a general feeling about the team as of right now. It started somber. We didn't know what Sirianni was doing. And then you start talking about these flowers, these roots. And here we are now sitting at five and six, and the season ain't over. And Jalen Hurts has, has looked comfortable, and he's developing at his own pace. How do you feel about the team in its current state? So I had written an article yesterday, kind of just, I think the title was like a roll call on the Jalen Hurts haters. And in that article, I mentioned towards the end, like, what is there to complain about? And that's my takeaway right now is, as we all know, this season was viewed as a rebuilding year, rookie head coach. This is essentially, I mean, it's really Jalen Hurts's not his rookie year, but he only started like four or five games last year. So this was like his first true assessment 
And now all of a sudden, like even me, somebody who's generally more optimistic, I think I had this team winning 10 games, which all of a sudden now could be true. You know, they were two and five. It wasn't look like it wasn't looking like that was going to be the case. But now all of a sudden they're in the playoff hunt. And as Vic mentioned, I mean, they're certainly, hey, there's a chance they could somehow win this division. And, you know, obviously when you have, you know, looking long term, when you have three first round picks potentially in this upcoming draft, you kind of would like those draft positions to be higher. But at this point, I don't care, man. Let's just get into the playoffs. This team is too much fun. Now that we have fans back in attendance, obviously we were all at the tailgate um jordan was at the game i look i'm sorry guys i yeah i wasn't trying to spend that much money to sit at the top row oh it would have been it was such yeah it was such a good game to go to too yeah it looked it looked amazing and i get Uh, i get it though like that when you buy those tickets at like the top of the top level it does probably get a little chilly up that's what i mean so so i get it (laughs) i get it i understand but yeah jalen hurts coming into his own the Eagles, as it currently stands, have a 38% chance of making the playoffs. If they do secure wins uh, against the Giants and the Jets, both those games in the Meadowlands, those odds jump up to 60%. And a little later on, we'll go through all the scenarios and how they can effectively win the NFC East if, if it does come down to that. But Jalen Hurts, 55-plus rushing yards in the last five games, has thrown just one interception in his last 131 pass attempts. Uh, I think he leads the QBR. I think he leads the league in QBR over the last five weeks. Um, I know that's an ESPN-generated stat and probably one of the most useless ones next to QB wins, but it is up there for those guys, that those nerds that like that like that kind of stuff. Uh, Jordan, we know that you are an avid Gardner Minshew fan. Not for him to be the starter, we all know, but we know that he's an avid fan. And, and a couple of weeks ago, it was the, the rumblings were starting. Like, how long is it going to be before we see some Gardner Minshew? How happy are you that Jalen Hurts has kind of controlled the season now and it looks like that he may be afforded another season uh, following 2021? Yeah, no, I'm beyond ecstatic. What I said, and Stephen kind of already hinted at this, my thoughts going into this was like, all right, this is Jalen Hurts' first season coming out being our starter, brand new head coach, a lot of brand new faces in the coaching staff altogether. So all I wanted to see, I wasn't expecting anything early on, and I just wanted to see some hints that we were moving into a better direction i wanted to see growth week after week so yes i am guilty a couple weeks ago i was (laughs) leaning on the fence of is it time to put gardner Minshew in just because i wasn't seeing growth i wasn't seeing movement i was getting very frustrated but now every single week literally since nick sirianni talked about flowers we're three and one Mm -hmm. like every week i just see us getting yeah i just see us getting better and better and i see them starting to realize what works and what isn't and starting to stick with those trends as well so I love the direction we're moving in and this is all I wanted for this season and then hey if we can make the playoffs there's nothing more I'd ask for from that right as as we've all said uh even prior to the season this season was never about uh you know a playoff run and all this it was about properly assessing Jalen Hurts seeing growth seeing progression and making a definitive decision if you can make one after one season as a starter I don't even think you can do that but if, if the Eagles were able to come to a decisive decision after this season on what to do at the quarterback position with all the draft assets that are now falling because the Colts and Dolphins decided they want to win the last few weeks <laughs> um, but that was that was always the goal and now we're seeing progression obviously since the day Miles Sanders went down that Detroit game um, and now he was he was added back to the mix on Sunday with fumbles and all and we'll we'll, we'll touch on that mm. 
in a minute. But the Eagles are now second in the NFL in rushing offense behind Cleveland, 153.4 yards per game, just over 217 yards per game over the last four weeks. So this method, albeit we don't know if it's sustainable, how long this kind of formula is going to work because you do have to play better teams at some point, even though the Saints were the uh, the number one rush defense and, and they yeah. ran all over them. Uh, but he's he's making Jalen Hurts comfortable. He's allowing him to develop at his own pace. Over the first seven weeks, I think Jalen was throwing 35 times a game. He has cut that all the way down to just under 20. So Jalen Hurts isn't as to being to come out of his comfort zone. We all know he has some growth, uh, some some progressing to do as a passer. But man, as a runner, he's he's surely making defenses pay. Steven, how sustainable do you think an offense like this is going to be, especially if if a playoff berth is in the future? Is this kind of offense sustainable for Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? Long term, passing under twenty times, no way. But like for me, this game you had just mentioned the Saints had what the second best rush defense first in the best, NFL. First best, first best, best rush. season and this time and Week 14 last year when they beat them, they had the number one rush defense both times, and the, and the Eagles ran 200 plus yards on them each time, which is wild. I think it's safe to say we have finally found our identity, and I mean not just this season with this team, but the last couple of years. It felt like even with Carson Wentz at the helm, we didn't really know what this offense ever was. They were constantly changing the type of receivers the personnel all this stuff Jalen Hurts is a playmaker man he's much more Mm -hmm. of a Lamar Jackson type than you know if you want to compare him to these other you know big arm quarterbacks pocket passers whatever that is he still needs to grow in that department but for me this guy's gonna be a playmaker as long as he's the quarterback here in Philly and it's always been about the intangibles for me like this guy's just a winner he's been a winner wherever he's been Dude, like, I want to shoot up for this guy. Like, Jalen Hurts has me so motivated. I don't know about you guys. Like, I personally, I love this No, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody who was literally, like, heartbroken with the Carson Wentz departure and how that went down, like, fast forward, I don't know how many months it's been since that point. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I feel reborn. Like, this is awesome. Like, I'm fully behind Jalen Hurts now. I never... I always liked him, don't get me wrong. It's just the decision to draft him still to this day is kind of interesting, but I don't know, man. I really like the guy. It's fun. Like, Eagles football is fun again, and I didn't think I'd be saying this just, like, even a half a year after that Carson Wentz trade. Yeah, well, for the first time since uh, Atlanta, it's been uh, Eagles football has been fun again. And Jalen Hurts, uh, like you mentioned, Stephen, the the tangibles are starting to catch up to the intangibles now. We all know about his leadership and things like that. And I think you hit it on the head with playmaker. I think that's a good title for him. And, you know, people are stuck on, we need QB, you know, he can't run all the time and we don't need another running back and this and that. But playmaking is what this team needs right now, especially as young as everybody is when you have Devontae and uh, you have Miles still here for however long people are starting to speculate on if he's in the, in the plans for the Eagles. Um, but another bright spot has been Devontae Smith over these last three weeks, uh, 13 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns, or three touchdowns rather, over the last three weeks. It looks like that Alabama chemistry is starting to translate to the NFL. Jordan, how excited are you that Devontae Smith is finally starting to be utilized? And it looks like that uh, as of right now, he's right behind Jamar Chase as far as Ricky receivers are concerned. But a lot of coaches, when you ask around, are saying that Devontae was far and away the best guy in that draft. How excited are you for the relationship of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith for this season and if they you know, continue to grow moving forward? Oh, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It makes me so excited because I just want to clarify 
during draft time, I kept saying that <laughs> Devontae Smith was going to be the best receiver out of the three top ones to come out of this draft. And everyone told me I was crazy. And I was like, you know what? I'm honestly fine with the Eagles trading back at this point. Steven and it I put us heavy Jamar guys. Heavy. Really? Heavy oh, I, I would have I mean, sold Jamar, my soul for Jamar Chase. <laughs> Jamar Chase is incredible. I'm like, we see everything he's doing. But one, I just see the relationship between Jalen and Devontae getting better and better. And you see Jalen getting more accurate. And this goes back to a couple weeks ago when Jalen totally threw Devontae Smith in the end zone. And then you heard we heard later that Devontae Smith went up to him and was like, here's what we should do or here's what you should do. So it's just, and like I know people like people made fun of that. But at the end of the day, if they can build that relationship and they keep getting stronger as a duo, that's just going to make our team and our offense stronger so I love everything I'm seeing from the both of them and like Steven was saying it's exciting to watch this team again and I'm falling in love with our players mm -hmm. and I feel like I actually have something strong to root and stable getting more stable to root for so uh love everything I'm seeing where are we where are we currently at with Nick Sirianni because he started rough and now <sighs> he's he's it looks like the play calling I believe uh, I saw a stat not too long ago that I think his first five carries only went for seven yards. And if this was the first couple weeks of the season, he might have been resignated to throw for the rest of the game. And obviously he stuck to the script and the game plan and continued to run all over that defense. Uh, where are we kind of at with Nick Sirianni and his growth and his progression? Is Are, are we are we kind of settling down on him like we're going to let this man coach? Or are we still not kind of sure if he can lead a team and, and continue to coach this team the way Jalen Hurts needs him to? I think what's confusing to me is I right now I was kind of on the fence about Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and then now I don't know what it is but I feel so confident in Jalen Hurts like he has my full respect and attention but I'm not a hundred percent there with Sirianni yet and I don't know what it is because I like everything he's been doing. What it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know why it's taking me longer to get 100% on board with Sirianni like I could get on board with Jalen, but I think right now we just let him coach and see how the rest of the season plays out. I really don't want us to make any drastic moves for next season yet unless, God forbid, he just totally blows the rest of the season but I think with everything we're seeing now he feels more comfortable and he's learning from his past mistakes, so I think we just let him do his thing for right now. When you when people mention Nick Sirianni, they always think always back to the to the prior games of having you know Jalen Hurts throw forty plus times a game, and at least we're not seeing Jalen uh, like I mentioned prior having to sit out of his comfort zone. So it's good that he's utilizing his young quarterback. You know, first year starter, people forget you need to look at this guy through lenses if you would other rookie quarterbacks. Um, and I, I always think about like, especially after last night, like Giants fans sat through however many years of Daniel Jones, like, and people are saying, oh, Jalen gets one year and that's the end of that. So if we can, you know, if, if, if they're going to continue to be patient with him and we know how high Roseman likes quarterbacks, he was out the scouting looking at Sam Howell and I think Kenny Pickett at the time. Um, but, but I like the direction because like you mentioned, Jordan, there was a point in time where we were wondering if this marriage was going to work between Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and are they right for each other? It's not that one or the other is bad. It's can they can they mix? So we don't really know how 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 that's going to be moving forward. But a good good signs up to this point. Two extensions obviously to talk about Dallas Goddard, four years, fifty nine million dollars, thirty five point seven million guaranteed. Avante Maddox, he got a three year contract extension not soon after that, twenty two and a half million dollars, thirteen point three million. Steven, some people were saying that we paid him too soon. He's not worth George Kittle money. He's not worth Travis Kelsey money. I'm under the impression 
that the Eagles didn't pay him for production so far up to this career. They paid him for his projections and his potential of what he yep. will be in the future. Are you all right with the contract Dallas got it received, or do you think we paid him too much too soon? I'm I'm a okay with it, man. Like I honestly think Dallas, like like you're saying, we're paying him on potential projections and stuff like that, and it's hard to really assess any of the guys and like the receivers, obviously for Goddard's case, he's a tight end because this offense has been so run dominant. Hertz isn't even passing the ball 20 times a game, but you know, when Goddard gets the ball, good things happen. And the thing, the thing with him is he's so dominant in the run game because he's a great blocker. And that's kind of like I mentioned earlier, this is the Eagles DNA. Now it's going to be running the football, you know, whether it's miles, it's one of the other backs, it's Jalen, I mean, this is kind of why they moved on from Ertz. They're making Goddard the guy, and I think he can absolutely do that. I think he, look, Devontae, even in his rookie year, is a great player, but I think Goddard is our best weapon on offense, if that makes sense, just because of how versatile and big he is. And, you know, you look at a lot of the guys in the offense, it's a lot of these kind of like speedy type of guys. Goddard's the the one, I guess you could really look at this team, <laughs> Do you want to say Jay Joel? I mean, he had that big play there. Yeah, he like, saved no. the season. He literally <laughs> saved the season. I've been trying to tell people not to sleep on this man. I, I didn't know when it was going to happen. <laughs> he literally saved the season. And we'll touch on uh, uh, a guy that you're going to have to have to defend um, in a little bit when you mentioned speed guys. But Dallas Goddard, mm. yeah, he's that security blanket uh, over the, the middle. Physical for presence, man. Physical he's... presence. We don't have that anymore since Alshon was gone. Uh, actually, we didn't have that the last few years. Alshon was even here, so so we have to. So it's good to, to for them to lock him up. I was saying that um, Dallas Goddard was going to be number one priority in the offseason, and Avante Maddox should be right behind him as far as paying him. And it's good to see uh, those guys get paid ahead of time, so we don't have to worry about it in the offseason. Uh, a guy that some people were worried about for whatever reason when we signed him was Darius Slay. And they didn't know if he was washed. He's getting old and all this and that. I know he turns Ridiculous. 31 in January. He's not a good corner. He got abused by DK and Devontae Adams last year. As if any corner, name me a corner who didn't. That's not named uh, Jalen You know Ramsey. he was the highest graded player this past weekend? Was it Darius? Darius Slay was. I thought it was either going to be on the team or in the NFL. I think the entire NFL. Dang, how about it? How about Damn. yeah? He's certainly playing his. It way might have been into, the Eagles, though. I have to double check. Yeah, I just it might, saw it. Might it. Be, might be. There, there were some good players. <laughs> Either <laughs> way, <laughs> but he was—he's certainly playing his way into the defensive player of the year conversation. Uh, I believe he's first in defensive touchdowns with three now. After his pick six, he's only allowing thirty-one receiving yards per game. QBs have a passer rating of seventy-six point eight when targeting his side of the field, which is why Steven Nelson gets targeted a ton but I think he's he's played fairly well it'll be interesting to see what mm-hmm. the Eagles do with him moving forward Jordan we always knew it was uh blasphemous the way people would talk about Darius Slay and they would call him moderate play Slay and all these and all these other things uh, um where you at? <laughs> do you think Darius Slay is warranted in the defensive player of the year conversation you obviously think of Trayvon Diggs and TJ Watt and even though Diggs gets gets beat a lot he does create a lot of turnovers um, is, is he a dark horse in that conversation to be the possible defensive player of the year? Definitely. And if he keeps up the way he has been playing these last couple of weeks, I think he solidifies that position and he deserves to be in the conversations now as is like, let's put it in perspective. He has more touchdowns than any giants wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It's it's, and that's not saying much considering it's the giants who can't Daniel do anything. Over there, that's why. Yeah, but still, the fact that we can say our cornerback, like, 
it's it's just really impressive everything he's doing and I think he's really coming into his own and it kind of reminds me uh, it's like he always had these bright moments but he never had the consistency and there was a lot of things mm-hmm. he was missing and now it's like he's just it's like he feels so comfortable and he's just becoming such a strong presence and the consistency is there and the intensity is there. So I think he has to be in these conversations. It's rude for him not to be. Yeah, it would be very rude not to include Darius Slay, especially with the production he is, he's provided. I think it's been two exactly. fumble recovery touchdowns, a pick six, all that stuff. I know people last year were like he's not creating turnovers and this and that. But in Jim Schwartz's defense, in my in my humble opinion, I think it's difficult to create turnovers when your back is always to the quarterback. Like that's the way Jim Schwartz had these guys playing. So uh, uh, Jonathan Gannon has he he another one that had a rough start, and his defense seems to be rounding into form. He's using more blitzes. He had Avante Maddox rush uh, Trevor Simeon at one point. So I'd like to see him mixing things up as well. See, he's defense. the one I have question marks about. Like, Gannon, I don't understand. Yeah. I'm yeah. worried about Gannon and Sirianni, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm so much more worried about Gannon than Sirianni. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I was ready to ban Gannon from the city. Like, I didn't even want him to finish out yeah. the season. And now he's starting to slowly get it together. But I'm just not sold. I remember uh, I remember at one point in the offseason during, during an interview, and I was like, dude, this guy's going to be swallowed up. Like, he's going to have a head coach, and, and he's going to be a head coach in two years. And obviously that was premature because he was having a hard time coaching a defense. So, yeah, that, that was uh, pretty premature. But the defense is holding its own for now. Uh, I like that they're able to keep um, Jalen Hurts and the offense in games, even though, you know, except for the uh, Chargers game, I still believe that if Jalen Hurts had a shot, uh, to 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 win that game than he would have. I think they scored with 6:03 left, and uh, and Justin Herbert and company drove down the field and they didn't get the ball back. So that's unfortunate to see. But that might have been what the one that was the one loss in the last four games for the Eagles. Things are starting to look up for the team as they look maybe potentially look towards a playoff run. One guy on offense that people are kind of over of at this point is one Jalen Rager, obviously first round pick. Last season, he's watching Devontae do everything, and I know it's, he had the tragedy in the offseason and, you know, big mental health situation with him and, and the whole bit. And But the fans are kind of kind of over it at this point, and they think they need to either sign a receiver next offseason, a veteran guy, uh, to, to be the opposite of Devontae Smith or what have you. But they're pretty over Rager. We were hoping that he would be kind of Debo Samuel-esque in the offense this year. Uh, but Steven believes that it is not yet time to give up on the young man. Steven, where are you at with Jalen Rager? And does he still have a role in this offense? So it couldn't be better timing for my dogs to bark like crazy right now. So <laughs> maybe it's them trying to tell me I'm an idiot for this. But like, look, I'm frustrated. I've been a fan or a stan of Rager. I guess you want to, is that what we call it these days? That's what Twitter would call uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm frustrated too, guys. Like, he's certainly, it's hard to defend him, but I really don't want to make this about anybody besides him. But when you look at the way the offense has been playing, like, they're winning games um, and they're not throwing anywhere near as much. Like, it's almost cut in half. Like, Hertz, like you said, was throwing damn near 40 times a game. Now it's right around 20. Even guys like, you know, the, the, the young hero at one point, Quez Watkins, like, he's not even getting targets anymore. And, like, I think they're still trying to figure out how to use Rager. Now, obviously, like, he needs to find a way to contribute when he does get the ball. I mean, there's no excuse to have, you know, four receptions for, like, negative yardage, I think it is now, or just, like, po- barely positive yardage over the last several weeks. But he's only getting, like, one target a game, and it's always 
these stupid like tunnel screens as we had seen on on Twitter last night. His father actually took to Twitter to complain about it. And you know what? I'm on his side a little bit. Am I frustrated? Yeah. But like he was producing for a little bit here. Obviously, it was inconsistent. They might have been the Detroit game right before he messed up his ankle. They were using him on jet sweeps in the run game. That was kind of a nice little dynamic they had. And then believe it was a Sunday night game. I can't remember which opponent he had over 100 yards and penalties drawn, as in pass interference calls. Like, there's there's a lot of talent there, you know? It's frustrating. He's still, believe it or not, he's the youngest receiver on the roster. I'm really, I, I don't want to make excuses for him, but, like, you just can't get, you can't give up on him. You used a first-round pick. There's just too much talent there. You got to find a way to make it work. The team's winning, so you don't want to sacrifice too much. Like you can't be too worried about getting him involved, you know, when the offense is clearly clicking and they're winning football games. But you know, at the same time, they're gonna have to figure this out because teams are gonna, you know, game plan to stop the run. So we're gonna have to get the pass game going. Yeah, they are gonna certainly zone in on Hurts at some point. But if he, you know, even if the opponents know it's coming and they can't stop it, that just shows how dominant the team is. But we'd like to see Jalen Rager kind of get it going moving forward. Like you said, Steven, not entirely his fault. They only really target him on screens and whatnot, don't really get him open. And when he is open on routes, Hurts kind of doesn't see him as he is starting to look at Devontae a lot more. So we we, we get that, but we would like to see Rager uh, uh, try and progress a little bit as he was taken with that first-round selection, and Justin Jefferson is still obviously losing his mind. Oh, just uh, stop know, with that. You know, I'm, not, right I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing. I'm just Let's saying. just mold it's, it's, wide it's, receiver it's, two, okay, happen. on the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't care anymore. Yeah, like, People are going to do We're it. above that. I thought we were above that. We are, I didn't compare him. I didn't. That's just that's just where we are. That's just that's just how it's gonna go. It's just facts. It's literally just facts. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so now you start to look ahead. You start to get a little bit excited. You know that you we we should just be enjoying the progression of Hertz and the growth and the resiliency and all that stuff. But you can't help to get a little excited when you start to look at the playoff picture. And believe it or not, the Eagles do have a chance to win the NFC East if it comes down to it. Now, the scenario is laid out. I ran through, like, every simulation yesterday and every which way possible. And the way that they could win the NFC East, now, obviously, things change as it goes down the road. But the way it stands as of right now, the Eagles would have to run the table, finish the season 6-0, and and Dallas would have to lose at least two more games before that final week uh, uh, against the Eagles. So they play Arizona, the Saints, the Raiders and a slew of, of NFC East opponents. If Dallas loses two more of those games and the Eagles went out from this point forward, that final matchup in Week 18 in Philadelphia against Dallas will be for the NFC East crown. They'll both finish with the same record, but uh, the Eagles would own the tiebreaker in most scenarios. Wow. So, so, Jordan, how likely dun, 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 dun. <laughs> How likely is it? Obviously, it's the Giants, it's the Jets. I think you got the Giants twice, you have Washington twice, Dallas, yes. and then the Jets, I believe. So those are your six teams. How likely is it? that the Eagles run the table and potentially win this division if Dallas keeps spiraling. I, I Let's not talk about how likely it, it is. Let's just talk about how it genuinely should happen. Let's talk about the happen. We could just talk yeah, about the let, yeah, yeah, let's just go right to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, but realistically, I don't want to say it's super likely because obviously winning six games in a row or having our bye finally is going to help. Cause such a late bye this week, isn't it? It's such it's a fun. late bye. But I thought we were all going to be dead at this point, but luckily we've made <laughs> Alcohol it. Alcohol intake at least. Yeah, literally. <laughs> But no, we, we've made it. Um, so I want to say it's a chance. I just, we can't look at it. I think as a whole, I think we take it week by week and slowly just break it down. Because when you look at these teams on paper, 
we can easily beat Giants twice. We mm -hmm. can easily beat the Jets. I think the team that makes me the most nervous right now is Washington. Mm -hmm. No Chase Just Young. because, yep. yeah, they're no Chase Young. They've just been starting to surge a little bit. But mm -hmm. I don't – I'm not going to say it's likely. I'm just going to say it should happen, and I want it to happen because that Dallas game in Week 18 would be mm -hmm. so freaking nutty. I don't care I would how love cold it. it is. I will be there. And I will be oh, there. I would okay. be there, yeah. I promise you, Vic. This is what we're <laughs> yes. saving for. We're saving it. Yeah, we saved it for Week 18 for the freaking playoff <laughs> game, for the playoff clinching game. Week 18, too. First Doesn't time Week 18, 18 sound weird, guys? That would yeah. be insane. It yeah. sounds so weird. Um, When is Ryan Fitzpatrick due back? Does anyone know? I actually don't know. You think they keep rolling with Heineke? I'm starting to think, like, oh, it's about that time where Fitz is kind of, I think, and you know he always torches us. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind of also. But one other factor that goes to the Eagles is I don't think there's very long, like, road trips. Like, are they getting on a plane at all during this whole thing? No, everything is so close. Wait, I just looked it up. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is likely not coming back for this season. Oh, it's Heineke. Right. That was as of a week ago. I mean, they did beat the Bucks, though, so yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah. um. Yeah, no, we go to the farthest we go is Washington because we're in MetLife three times or MetLife twice. Then Giants come here once and then we have to go to Washington for a game. Dang. So no jet lag, no nothing. Eagle, I mean, nothing. I mean, and man. we have a bye. And a bye. It, this yep. is in our favor. Oh, man, I just need Dallas, man. They play Arizona. So if Arizona, we need to be Cardinals fans. Hopefully Kyler and all them are healthy. You want to know what else oh. is in our favor? Mm. Should have mentioned what? this earlier. Like, this is cold weather season football and all of our games are yeah basically on the east yeah they are on the east coast here so like i don't know man the run game cold weather oh, oh, the passing good. game's not good as point. efficient like Dang. guys this is the eagles dna the man super trench toss this is literally it man this is literally it. what are the super bowl odds <laughs> i think fellow uh i think fellow contributor luke showed us the odds the other night i think it was like plus thirteen thousand. i think it was for the mm. eagles to win the super bowl my oh my god! I'm putting ten dollars on it. Throw my throw a little. Change Why not? My throw a little change on that thing. You guys are listening to, of course, my co-host Stephen. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Stephen Conrad Jr. Read him on the LibertyLine.com as well. Uh, leader, creator, all that fun stuff of Liberty Line Radio on YouTube. Be sure to go subscribe to that channel. Click the notifications. All that fun stuff. Stephen, you have an article coming up, uh, apparently of Jalen Rager. Is that right? Yeah, basically, if you are still listening to that little rant I went on about him earlier, I'm just going to put it in the word form, you know, and I honestly don't care, like, the hate, because I know I'm going to get hate for it, but, like, the thing Facebook is, like, look, guys, like, I don't know about you as, as content creators, right? Like, you're on social media, you see everybody pushing, like, one narrative, don't you kind of want to, and I agree with it, it's not me just doing it for the heck of it, like, I kind of want to provide something that's not being talked about, you know? Right, like, everybody's hating on him, so. Yeah. We all know. There you, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Don't have to agree with it. But. <laughs> Don't have to agree with it. My <laughs> other co-host, Jordan Award Coupe. Be sure to follow her TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all at the Sporty Jordy. She has a million shows. Jordan, what you got lined up in the pipeline? I know you got a busy week ahead of you. Definitely a busy week. I just started uh, doing a podcast for my job. It's you to winner, U-D-D-A, mm -hmm. uh, risk-free sports betting. So you can't ask for anything better than that. Excellent. And then I also have Fantasy Underdog that's going live. Um, it's usually every Monday and Thursday, right before the games. But yeah, lots of fun stuff going on. Be sure, be sure to also go to her YouTube channel at the Sporty Jordy. Subscribe to that. Click for notifications. All that fun stuff. Be sure to follow the Liberty Line for around-the-clock sports coverage on all five Philly sports. 
Uh, follow the Philly Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, all that fun stuff. You get your shows. Rate five stars. Leave those reviews. I'm Victor Williams. Follow me on Twitter at the Philly Pod for everything uh, Eagles. Of course, I talk you know about all the sports, but the Eagles coverage is predominant. And guys, do you want to cover the uh, the uh, the Philadelphia Stars at any point? The new team? No, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> you know what's wild? They're not, not until they drop the Philly. Phillies hashtag. Yeah, and they stole. They're the not Phillies playing hashtag. in Philly. No, they all play in one. Apparently, all eight teams oh. play in one city, and they're like they're gonna oh, branch Jesus out to their markets like, the season after. So yeah, they broke. I guess. So that's how that's gonna go. <laughs> Maybe we'll do Stars coverage. Appreciate y'all for listening to the show. <laughs> until the next one, y'all signing off from the Philly Pop. <laughs>